Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Okay, Cindy and I met at Christ for the Nations Institute at, at the Bible College, and we were involved in a music drama ministry there together called Glory Company, and we traveled and ministered music and drama in a lot of different places, and then... Uh, and spent a lot of time praying together, getting to know each other. We became best friends before, you know, before we decided, wow, you know, uh, if it's this good now, we should get married and do this for the rest of our lives. And so we were 19 years old, 1976, we got married. And then we uh, youth pastored at several different churches and and uh, got involved with a church that grew to about 8,000 people. Uh, we did a children's television program uh, for three years. It was on TBN called Rise and Shine. Uh, we did youth conferences that were on satellite that were uh, beamed into 1,500 to 2,000 churches across the United States and a few other countries. And then we launched out from there in our own ministry and traveled and ministered in churches all over the place. And then after that, uh, we got involved, started attending Eagle Mountain International Church and got involved with the church there. We started doing the youth meetings for the Believers' Conventions. They had not done youth meetings previous to that. They had only done the children's meetings. So we came in and said, hey, if you ever thought about doing youth meetings, we would love to do them. So that worked out. Uh, uh, Kenneth Copeland ordained Cindy and I uh, through the church in 1990 and ordained pastors George and Terry Pearsons. Terry Pearsons is Kenneth's daughter. Ordained us all four at the same time, and that's when we got to start knowing uh, George and Terry Pearsons. So that was awesome. Uh, then when Pastor George became the pastor of the church, he was the, the director of the ministry at the time, and they had 500 employees, and it was a large ministry, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. But he became the pastor of the church, of Eagle Mountain Church in 1993, brought us on with him, and so we helped build the structures and the, the different systems in the church, youth and children and all of that. And it was amazing. I mean, the, uh, after one year, we had a little chapel on the property that was about 250 people, 200 to 250 people. After one year, we had to add another service. After two years, we had to add another service. So in the three years we were on staff with them, the church tripled in size. And so, it, you know, things were happening. Well, uh, in 1996, God was transitioning us, and we were doing the youth meetings for the Believers' Convention in Australia. And, you know, it is a huge undertaking. You know, it's just lots of pieces and, and lots of stuff going on. We're having services during the adult services, morning, afternoon, and evening. So there's lots of parts to it. And so we're putting it together and making it happen. Cindy is amazing at organizing, coordinating, and administrating. So she had that all going on and all happening. Well, the first day, they started on Monday and on Saturday. The first day, uh, I went back to the hotel room in the afternoon to pray for the service that night. And I got before the Lord and I said, God, what do you want me to preach on tonight? Lord, just give me a message that'll help these young people. Oh, Lord, in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not hearing a thing. Oh, God, the message. Silence, you know. Lord, I know there's a message somewhere. Nothing, you know, I'm not, for about an hour. And, I'm just, and there's nothing. I mean, it's, you know, you hear crickets in the background, right? You know, oh, God. There's nothing going on. And so finally, you know, lightning fast mind. Finally, I said, okay, God, apparently you don't want to talk about my message. What would you like to talk about? 
You know, sometimes you just got to, you know, say, God, what do you want? And so I said, what would you like to talk about? All of a sudden, out of the blue, I mean, he just starts speaking to me and pours this vision into me. He says, I want you to go back to Fort Worth. I want you to start uh, a church for young people. I want you to father my young people. I want you to show them who I am. I want you to reach out to the, the kids in that area. You know, he's just pouring it into me. I'm like, oh, you know, just, it's just overwhelming me. You know, and so I'm just laying there shaking. Uh, Cindy walks in from the afternoon meeting. She goes, well, what did the Lord say to you? She always does that. You know, it's like, you know, it's like popping the water balloon, you know. Uh, what did the Lord say to you? And so I started to tell her, and we're in the middle of this meeting. This meeting is not that. So she's like, okay, stop, 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 stop. She goes, I'll tell you what, the plane ride home is about 15 hours why don't you tell me on the plane ride home? Well, this was Monday, and we were going to fly home, I don't know, Sunday or Monday, you know, a week later. And so I had to hold that in, like, for the whole week. I'm like, I'm just walking around with this vision on the inside of me ready to explode for a whole week. And so on the, on the plane ride home, I, you know, I, I had written it down, and I, I just, you know, shared it with her, what we were going to do. And she's like, yes, okay, yeah, let's do it. So when we got back, we started a youth church called Youth Wave Church, just for teenagers to reach out to a generation, to show them who God is. And so we started meeting. We found this facility, uh, a local uh, businessman who had a contracting business, a builder, a builder. He had this facility. On the side, he had a Christian ministry that was youth doing drama and music, which we were so familiar with. Anyways, he uh, had this facility with his offices in it, but he also had a uh, kind of a theater stage set up and like a 1950s style little cafe uh, upstairs in this building. Well, he was, you know, he wasn't using it on Mondays. So we started meeting Youth Wave Church there on Mondays. Uh, and then we started meeting every week. Uh, after a couple of months of just getting this going and getting this started, Cindy came to me and she goes, you know what? I, this is awesome that God showed this to you. This is great that he planted this on the inside of you. She goes, but you know what? I would really like a word from God. I would really like for God to, you know, plant this in me. It would just be easier for me if I had the reality of it in here. I said, well, okay, praise God. Well, I think it was, was it that day or the next day? It was like within a very short period of time after she said that, we were going to a minister's luncheon and at this minister's luncheon, a gentleman named Graham Cook, who's very prophetic. Some of you may have heard of Graham Cook. Uh, he's in California. Very prophetic. Anyway, we walked in. We thought, okay, pastor's lunch. We got all dressed up. Cindy wore a dress. I wore a suit and tie. We walked in. Everybody was casual except us. And we looked like the least likely to have a youth church. We looked like the adults in the room, Okay. <laughs> So we walked in and Graham Cook was sharing about things that were happening in England. He's from England. He was sharing about things that were happening. Youth churches, uh, churches for children were popping up everywhere. Churches for youth were popping up. Different kinds of churches for different kinds of people were popping up everywhere. And so we're just eating it up. We're like, wow, yeah. And then he starts going around the room speaking prophetically into the people that were there. 
he gets to us. He goes, the youth church that you have started, we had never met him. We, he didn't know us. We didn't know him. The youth church that you have started uh, is going to grow and it's going to expand and the vision is going to expand. And uh, there's lots of music and there's going to be uh, drums and guitars. And, uh, you know, some people won't understand. I mean, he just outlined the whole thing to us prophetically. Cindy's sitting there going, ah, you know. Because she said, I, I need a word from God. And so anyway, when we were done with that meeting, we're leaving. I go, did you get your word from God? And she's like, I think I did. And so anyways, that was the work that we began and that we started reaching out to young people. We were doing drama. We, were, we did dinner theaters. We did lots of concerts, uh, had youth bands in, and we're reaching a lot of people in that area. Uh, started a skater ministry, had ramps and rails in the parking lot where the kids were coming and, and, and you know, just having fun and, and doing stuff like that. Lots of young people uh, getting their lives changed. Lots of young people finding a leadership gear for their lives. We had campus churches and campus pastors uh, that were reaching out to the high schools in the area, doing amazing things. And that's when Mark showed up. He showed up right in the middle of that. It was a move of God for a generation. And that generation that we did that in needed it. Uh, we had a lot of young people. Mark wasn't like this, but we had a lot of young people that didn't fit anywhere. They went to this church and that church and the other church. They didn't fit anywhere. And they landed at our church. They go, wow, this is a church for me. This is my church. And their lives were changed, and it was exciting and powerful. And anyway, I, I wanted to kind of give you the picture of, and the roots, kind of the spiritual roots of where that came from. Mark was right in the middle of it, you know, involved musically, involved with uh, leadership, different things that were going on there. And, uh, you know, a lot of young people came through there and uh, were blessed and ministered to and following God and doing great things for God today. And so uh, that, that's some of your root system, you know. And I'll just tell you something about Valdusta. What I'm seeing in my spirit is this place is ripe. I see a peach about the size of this building that is so ripe that it, you know, this area is ripe for revival. The fact that it's a college town is significant. Uh, Revival's going to break out here, and this church is going to be on the forefront of it. And so I just want you to gear yourself to that and be ready for that because God's going to do that. Amen. Well, I hope I filled in the stories that (laughs) you needed, but we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about multiplying your miracles today. Multiplying your miracles. How many of you could use a miracle? How many of you could use more than one? Now, I want you to know that everywhere that Cindy and I go, miracles begin happening. We were visiting our friend Brian, uh, Brian and Sally LaFesti, pastors in New Braunfels, Texas. We went and visited them. And while we were there, they had been believing God for a house, for a home. They have six kids. We were believing, they were believing God for a house, uh, for their family, you know, they were pastoring this church. They had been believing for 15 years. We went to visit them. While we were there, they found the house. They toured the house. They signed on the house. And they started packing. We were only there for a couple days. But we showed up. Uh, the next time we went and visited them, he went and picked up his new truck. I mean, I'm like, what's going on here? I mean, every, every time we go visit them, they have a major miracle and a breakthrough and a you know, it's not all about things. It's, you know, it's God's just moving and doing it. There's movement. And that's what we're talking about. There's movement, okay? You don't want to get stagnant. You want to keep things moving. Our friend Joan Hunter, who has a healing ministry and travels around the world and ministers healing 
uh, everywhere. Uh, we went to visit her not too many months ago, and uh, uh, she had us over for dinner, and she had a bunch of people over for dinner, and we're like, why are there boxes everywhere? She says, I found my new house this morning, and so we're packing to move. You know, I mean, it's like, it's like is this going to happen wherever we go? <laughs> you know, wherever Cindy and I go, miracles happen, and I, I'm going to show you in the Word some of this why. I'm going to give you five things first to start with. Uh, of how to develop your faith for miracles so that you can multiply your miracles. Jesus is full of miracles. I talk about that in Living the Fillionaire Life book. But Jesus is full of miracles. There's no lack of miracles. Okay? So developing your faith for miracles, there's five things. The first thing you need is a miracle mindset. That's what you start with, a miracle mindset. I'm going to give these to you, and then we're going to kind of go through it. The second thing you need, besides a miracle mindset, is a miracle expectation. So not only do you begin to just get it in your mind, okay, miracles and what are the possibilities, but then you turn on your expectation to where you're not just kind of aware of it, but you're looking for it, okay? The third thing is a miracle availability. You've got to make yourself available for a miracle, okay? Because your miracle might not just be God dropping something on you. Usually it's God opens up a door, opens up an opportunity, and you have to step through it. There's something for you to do. I mean, that's what faith is, okay? You have to participate in it, so you have to be available to the idea, okay? Then the next thing is a miracle cooperation. A miracle cooperation. You have to begin cooperating with the things God's wanting to do in your life. And when you move with it and cooperate with it and flow with his miracle flow, then you're going to see more things than than you can ever imagine. Okay? And then the fifth thing is you've got to increase your miracle capacity. You have to have a miracle capacity that's bigger than what you had before. Okay? The capacity you have isn't big enough for what God's wanting to do, okay? So you have to increase your miracle capacity. Now let's go through these really quick, and I'm gonna give you some scripture verses. In Colossians chapter three, verse one, we're talking about a miracle mindset. We're starting there. And having a miracle mindset, here's what Colossians three, one and two says. "If, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, let me point something out here in verse 2. In the King James Version, it says, set your affection on things above. I like that better. Set your affection on things above. You know, uh, I love my wife. I love her. I love her on purpose. I love her every day. Most times, I love her all day. Well, how do you do that? I think about her all the time you know, and we're together a lot. And so, you know, that's not easy to, to think about her because she's right there. But I don't just set my mind on her. Yeah, that's Cindy. Yeah, she's my wife. Yeah, we're married. We were married a long time. There's no passion in that. I love her on purpose. Okay. I set my affection on her. And when I see her, I'm excited to see her. And when I'm with her, I'm excited to be with her. That's, maybe I'm talking to somebody who's been married for a long time and you need to rekindle your romance a little bit in your relationship because, you know, we need to do this, man. Faith works by love. And if we're not activated in love, it's not going to go very far because love feeds faith. Okay. 
I mean, you can have faith in God like I know God is able to do all kinds of stuff. But when you have faith in his love, when you know that God is head over heels in love with you and will do anything for you, well, that gives your faith a different energy. Man, that pours some gasoline on the fire. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, there's nothing God won't do for me. Why? Because you set your affection on it. Well, this is the mindset that we need to have for miracles. This is the mindset. God is full of miracles. Jesus is full of miracles. And when we set our mind on that, we have that mindset, then all of a sudden, man, there's an energy about you that everywhere that you go, man, people get excited because what? You're looking for miracles. You're talking about it. You're thinking about it. It's there. It's in you. Okay. So, that's number one. Number two, a miracle expectation in Romans ten seventeen, And you know this, it says faith. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know that verse, very familiar verse. Faith, com- everyone say faith comes. Look at somebody and say faith comes. So what does that mean? Faith is moving. There's a movement with faith is always moving, but you can move with it. Okay. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we have to activate our hearing. You know, and this is part of this. This is the miracle expectation is you get in there and and you're paying attention. Okay. And you're hearing. You've got to connect with your hearing in your spirit, spiritually. Which brings us to this next one, a miracle availability. Hebrews 5.14. I want to go over there and read it. Because there's, uh, I want to read more than just verse 14. In, in Hebrews chapter 5, we're going to start just before 14 there. And this is important because there's, there's a realm, there's a supernatural realm that we've not even tapped into yet. You know? And aren't you tired of doing everything in the natural on your own strength? You know? Doesn't that wear you out? Well, God has more strength than you ever thought about having. God is energy. Okay, so you want to get some stuff done really quick? Let's tap into this. Let's start in verse 12. And it says this in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For though by this time you, you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a baby. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So this passage of Scripture, is it talking about natural food or spiritual food? It's talking about spiritual food. He's not, ta- you know, he's, he, you, when he says you have come to need milk and not strong meat, he's talking about spiritual milk. And the Bible talks about, you know, uh, the milk of the word that you may grow thereby, you know, and it's like, that's where you begin. That's where you start. Just like a baby begins, he's getting, you know, milk from his mom and he begins to grow. And then as he matures, then he can start eating solid food. Okay. But this isn't talking about natural food. It's talking about spiritually, you ought to be teachers by now. But you've stepped back and become a baby again. It's, this is who he's talking to. You guys have stepped back and become a baby again, but strong meat, spiritual food, strong spiritual food belongs to those who by reason of use have their spiritual senses exercised to discern both good and evil. 
okay? There's spiritual senses. Just like there's natural senses, you can see, you can hear, you can taste, you can touch, you can smell. There's natural senses, but in the same way, there's spiritual senses, and we've got to become better at uh, discerning with our spiritual senses what's going on. Now, this is something God's been doing in me. God's making me much more aware of angels and of what's happening in the spirit and what's happening supernaturally, okay? Like in here, for instance, there's angels lined up on both sides of the building. While we were doing worship, I saw the angels lined up on both sides of the building. They're all about 15 feet tall, and they're ready. They're ready. Ready for what? I don't know. Whatever God's going to do, they're ready. <laughs> you know, the angels hearken unto the voice of his word, and if we're speaking his word, the angels are busy doing stuff, okay? Making things happen, turning things around, changing the city, changing the spiritual atmosphere. That's stuff we can't do in the natural, but it's a supernatural thing, and we've got to activate our supernatural senses so that we can pray and, and release some things to happen, Okay? God's wanting to do some stuff. I can't perform a miracle. I can be available for God to do a miracle through me, but it's God's power that does the miracles. But, but I can activate myself. I can be spirit so that when God shows is exercised to know what's going on in the spirit so that when God shows me something, I can act on it. When God tells me to step out, I can do it. When God tells me to go talk to this person, I can do it. What's happening? Well, supernaturally, things are in, in motion, and they're moving, and my faith is working, and it's happening, okay? So there's a spiritual sensing that God's wanting us to come into in a greater way, to know what Jesus is doing, to know what's happening in the spirit realm. And, and we've got to up our game there, you know? I mean, you're, you're good at being a mom. You're good at being a dad. You're good at your business. You're good at, you know, your trade. You're good at uh, music. The musicians here, that was awesome. Praise and worship was awesome. I really enjoyed that. That's, you know, you're good at things in the natural, but we need to be good at things in the spirit, okay? We need to get better at that. Now, you're not going to arrive there overnight, but you can begin to exercise your senses and, and to go, God, show me what's going on. Show me what's happening in the spirit realm. And then just begin responding to that and moving with that. All right. The next one is in Hebrews 11.1, 1, and you know this scripture verse. It, uh, it says, uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you begin to step out with your spiritual senses and, and you're, you're aware of what's happening in the supernatural, all of a sudden your faith becomes substance. And your faith, the things of the spirit become more real than the things in the natural. Now, why is that important? Because circumstances come. You know, you get a flat tire. Oh, man. You know, it's, <laughs> Before I was saved, I was in high school. My older brother, Steve, was praying for me. He had gone off to Christ for the Nations Institute. Right after he left, my mom said, I can't handle it anymore. I'm divorcing your dad. So this was my senior year in high school. Everything was falling apart all around me. Well, my older brother, Steve, he was writing me. He was encouraging me. He was praying for me. Uh, but I wasn't, you know, I, I had not stepped in. I wasn't born again. But he had written me a letter about the power of the name of Jesus and and how that works. And I thought, well, that's interesting. He's, he was sending me letters. This was way before cell phones, you know. As, and uh, he had sent me, I was driving to school one day. I had a little yellow Volkswagen Fastback. I'm driving to school, and it conks out. It just conks out. Circumstances. Just conked out. 
Uh, I open it up. I'm looking at it. I check the wires. You know, what's loose? What's going on? Nothing. So I walked home. It was about a 10-minute walk home. And so I'm, I'm sitting there at home. I didn't make it to school. I'm, I'm sitting there at home going, man, this. And I remembered that letter my brother sent me. And I thought, the name of Jesus. Well, that's interesting. So I walked back to the car. I looked at it again. I tried stuff again. Nothing was working. It wouldn't start. So I stood in the field next to that car, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to start. I got in, turned the key, and it started right up. Now, I'm glad the car didn't say, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you, and run over me. (laughs) But, you know, because I wasn't born again, but God was working in my life, and and this the reality of God was manifest right in front of me with a car. Okay? Now, this is what we're talking about. My faith became substance. Okay, and all of a sudden, it's like a reality. Okay, and I and I, and I was cooperating with it. I, I had a word from my brother, and I was cooperating with it. I was moving in it, and so things started happening. It was just very simple, but it was man, I was so excited. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, this is awesome. I think I'll use the name of Jesus on my brothers and sisters. Get out of my face in Jesus' name, you know, whatever. Anyway. And the the fifth thing is miracle capacity. In Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 2, it says this, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. And verse 3 goes on. It says, For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations. Your descendants will inherit the nations. And, I, and we'll make the desolate cities inhabited, okay? So uh, there's a miracle capacity that you're not ready for. There's a miracle capacity that you're not ready for. Uh, let's go over to uh, Luke chapter 5, and I, I just want to show you an illustration of all of this, okay? Because this is just so amazing. There's a miracle capacity God wants you to enlarge. He wants you to enlarge your influence. He wants you to enlarge your spiritual impact. He wants you to enlarge your, your spiritual footprint, as it were, okay? Uh, how many of you are in high school, high schoolers? How many of you are in college? Uh, how many of you have your own business? Uh, how many of you are a stay-at-home parent, taking care of kids, okay? God wants you to enlarge your footprint. Well, how do I do that? Well, he'll show you how. He'll show you how. Let's read this story. In Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him, Jesus, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked them to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, "'Launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch.'" But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both their boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken." And so were also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Uh, 
So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Okay, now let me point out several things here in this in this story. The first thing I want to do is I want to read Luke chapter 5, verse 9 again out of the Amplified Translation, this Amplified Classic Translation. Uh, this is after they brought in the fish. It says, For he, Peter, was gripped with bewildering amazement allied to terror and all who were with him at the hall of fish which they had made. Okay? Now, so let me pose a question to you. How big would a blessing have to be to terrify you? How big? I mean, if someone paid off your house, you wouldn't be terrified. You'd be excited. If all of a sudden you were making $100,000 a year more than you're making now, you, you wouldn't be terrified, right? You wouldn't go, oh, you know, oh, what's going on? You would go, yes. Why? Because that would be awesome. You thought about that before. That would be nice to have that, right? So how big would a blessing have to... Peter's a fisherman. I mean, he thinks about fish. He's mindful of fish, and he's looking for fish, and he's in that gear every day. Boy, it'd be great to get, catch a lot of fish today. But this terrified him. That's how big it was. In the, in the, uh, is it the Passion Translation? In the Passion Translation, in the footnote, it says... The estimate was about one ton of fish is what they brought in. About a ton. And it terrified them because they've never seen anyone do this before. That's two weeks worth of catching fish back then. That was two weeks worth of work every night. Typically, they'd go out at night and catch the fish. Two weeks of work to get that many fish, okay? Now, let's, let me run this through you, Okay. Peter didn't have a miracle mindset at this point. He didn't have a miracle mindset. He wasn't looking for it. He wasn't expecting it. He didn't have the mindset, and he didn't have the expectation. He had worked all night. He was cleaning his nets. But this crowd showed up, a multitude. How many people is a multitude anyway? I mean, if you came to church this morning, and, and all of a sudden, you know, there were lots and lots of people, how many would you go, wow, look at that multitude? I mean, a thousand people, you'd say, wow, that's a lot of people. But I don't know if you'd say it's a multitude. A hundred thousand people, you'd say, wow, that's a multitude. Well, a multitude of people showed up at the beach to listen to Jesus talk. Well, I'm sure that probably got Peter's attention a little bit. They're there working. And here's all these people in the way. Okay. Jesus comes over. He didn't even ask. I mean, this is just so obnoxious. Jesus comes over and climbs into Peter's boat. They're over there cleaning the nets. Jesus just gets in his boat. Just gets in. Just gets in his boat. Last night, we went to a restaurant and, uh, or no, we went to Starbucks. Cindy wanted to get a Georgia cup from Starbucks. We collect Starbucks cups wherever we go. And so we're in the parking lot. Cindy was going to run in and get a Starbucks cup. And she comes back out and, and she walks out. And there's a, a silver car next to our silver car that she starts to get in. There's a different guy in there, you know, <laughs> just getting, you know, it's, Okay, you know, we're like, what's Cindy doing? We don't know, <laughs> you know, just, well, Peter's there cleaning his nets. Jesus just comes and gets in the boat, just gets in it, just climbs in it. Peter's like, um, can I help you, <laughs> you know? Jesus said, hey, uh, let's push out a little bit from the shore so that I can talk to these people. And they're not pressing me into the ocean, you know, into the sea here. 
And so I want you to get this in your mind, okay? This was, this was so strategic. Jesus got in Peter's boat, okay? Asked Peter to go out. Peter didn't just shove him off because that doesn't work, man. Jesus would float away, and that's, that's not. So Peter had to stand there and hold the boat. So Peter's standing in the water, holding the boat, and Jesus is in the boat teaching the people the word. Teaching people the word. He's teaching them the word. This is words from God. This is kingdom of heaven words that he's releasing. And Peter is forced, tired as he was, to stand there and listen to every single word because he's holding the boat. And then when he's done teaching, okay, Peter sowed his boat. Well, whatever a man sows, he will also reap. He sowed his boat and he's, you know, he's, he's uh, cooperating. He's avail- he made his boat available and he's cooperating with this, okay? So then Jesus releases a word of blessing to Peter, okay? But it requires for Peter to do something, and this is some of our cooperation that we've got to get into. He says to Peter, as a result of Peter's gift, Peter's offering, Peter's sowing into Jesus' ministry by holding the boat and making his boat available to Jesus as a platform to preach from, Jesus releases words to Peter. Launch out into the deep and let your nets, everyone say nets, Look at someone say nets. Is that singular or plural? Plural. More than one. Let down your nets for a large haul of fish. Now, it came out of Jesus' mouth, so this was equivalent to let there be light. This is words from God. This was a word from God. And Jesus didn't say, thus saith the Lord, because he is the Lord, and so he could have said, thus saith me but that would have been kind of redundant. But he released these words, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a huge catch of fish. And Peter said, see, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Peter said, you know, we've worked all night. We didn't catch anything. Nevertheless, at your word, now this is good stuff. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net, singular, Jesus said, let your nets down. This is, this is going to be big. This is going to be big. This is what God's telling you guys here in Valdosta. This is going to be big. This is going to be big. It's going to be big. Well, I've heard that before. And, you know, one time and we were and, you know, I just we thought we were giving it. Our, no, this is going to be big. Okay. So anyways, he launches out. <laughs> he launches out. Now, Jesus is in the boat. Peter gets in the boat. I'm assuming that someone else is in the boat too with Peter because look at the language here. It says uh, in verse six, when they had done this, launching out into the deep, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking and they signaled to their partners in the other boat, that was James and John, to bring another boat and to bring some more nets because he didn't bring nets. He just brought an old broken net, an old dirty net. 
and their net was breaking. And so they needed more capacity to bring in the miracle that Jesus had given the word for. So they needed to increase their capacity. But someone else was in the boat with Peter. I don't know if it was Andrew, his brother. I don't know who it was, you know, but someone else was there and Jesus was in the boat. Okay. So they brought in a ton of fish into these two boats and they were beginning to sink. Okay. And then they were, they were gripped with bewildering amazement allied to terror, you know, OMG, LOL. You know, it's like, this is bigger than we could have ever imagined. They were overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed. Simon Peter falls down at Jesus' needs. They're still in the boat, and the boats are full of fish. So Peter falls on a load of fish in front of Jesus and repents. He repents. He says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Well, what was his sin? Was, you know, the other person in the boat wasn't his mistress that he was, you know, cheating on his wife with. You know, she wouldn't have been in there fishing, you know. Uh, he wasn't cheating his partners, you know. It's like, I'll keep all these fish for myself. <laughs> That's not what he was doing. So what was his sin? His sin was he was minimizing Jesus. He was minimizing the word. He was minimizing what God was trying to do in his life. He minimized it. Jesus said, launch out into the deep and let your nets plural down for a huge catch of fish. And he went, yeah, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. When God spoke to me, go back to Fort Worth and start a youth church. I'm like, yes, I am. We're doing it. Yes, we're in. I'm all in. I'm all in. I didn't go, ah, we'll try it. See if it works. I went, we are doing it. We're going to reach some young people and it's going to be awesome. That's the response that you have to have when, G- when God shows you something, when God gives you a verse, when God speaks something to you, I want you to step out. I want you to do it. You need to jump in with both feet and you need to say, we're doing this. This is what God said. This is what God showed me. You say, well, what if I'm wrong? Well, what if you are wrong? What if you are wrong? You're, you're exercising your senses so that you can learn how to do this. You're learning faith and you're growing in faith. You know, if your little kid that's growing up, you know, tries to ride a bike and falls down, you get him up and put him back on the bike. If you fall down, get back up and get on the bike, okay? Come on, we got to do this. We got to learn how to walk by faith and make this thing happen. When Peter fell down at Jesus' knees in the boat and said, Lord, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. He, he said, Lord, I minimize you. I am so sorry. I repent. I minimize what you said. I minimized who you are apparently you know how to do stuff because we have a ton of fish here. Jesus, Jesus said, don't be afraid. Don't worry about it. From now on, this is what you're going to do for mankind. Wow. Well, I think he believed that part because I mean, this was all out on the lake. This all happened out on the lake. They weren't to the shore yet because after that, it says when they bought, brought the boats to shore, okay? In verse 11, when they had brought the boats to shore, they forsook all and followed him. Now, that was huge. I mean, they were all of a sudden rich because they had a ton of fish and they left it. Why? Well, if Jesus can do that, I wonder what else he can do. 
And that's what's going to happen here. And that's what he's going to do with you. He's going to show, he's going to show you miracles. He's going to show you some things that are going to be amazing. Amazing. Can you picture yourself giving a million dollars in the offering? Can you picture that? It's, it got quiet. It's, are you asking us to get? No, I'm asking you to picture it. I'm asking you to get a mindset of miracles. Okay. You know, I'm asking you to all of a sudden put yourself in some scenarios. What would happen if? What would happen if? What would happen if I'm on the army base and, and someone returns from being deployed and they had their, their, uh, their arm blown off by an IED and I prayed for them and they grew a new arm? I want you to begin just moving in some directions. I mean, we have so many servicemen that have lost so much, and God's going to restore. God is going to restore. You ever heard of Azusa Street? I love the stories of Azusa Street. There's a book out. They told me the stories. You should get that book. It's really awesome. This guy comes in when his, his, in, a, in a job accident. His arm had been completely cut off at the shoulder. And the guy came in, and, and someone said, he, he needs prayer. He, he can't work. He can only do minimal things because he only has one arm. So he came up, and uh, William Seymour said, well, uh, if, you, if you get a new arm and you go back to work, uh, will you tithe? And he was kidding. He was just goofing around with the guy. He's goofing around with miracles. He's just goofing around. I mean, it's just all of a sudden, it's like we need to come into an understanding that this is not that big of a deal for God. He does miracles all the time and we can flow with it. So William Seymour says, if you get a new arm, would you, you know, would you participate? Would you, you know, help? Would you? The guy says, well, of course. So William Seymour laid hands on him and prayed for him. Everyone in the room watched this guy's arm grow out from the shoulder. He grew a new arm in front of him. Grew a new arm. Grew a new arm. Grew a new arm. They watched it. I want some of that. Do you want some of that? Okay. This is what we're going to have to do. I mean, what, what kind of miracles do you want to see? What kind of miracles do you want to be a part of? Many times we haven't let ourselves go there because it's like, wow, well, what, you know, I don't want to be disappointed. Well, let's not do what Peter did. Well, okay, I'll try. No, let's go. Yes. I am a candidate for miracles. I want to move in that. I want to, I want to go in that direction. I want, to, I want to have some of that. I mean, you might be on an airplane and you might need a miracle. You know, you're flying through some stuff. You no, know, in Jesus' name, angels, you got this. And it's all of a sudden, the, everything's stable. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we live in a day and a time. We're going to need some miracles. Okay, now I'm just planting all of this on the inside of you. The materials we have out there is, is, is going to be a blessing to you too. But how many of you need a miracle in your body? You need a healing. Stand up. If you need a healing in your body, just stand up right where you are. Just stand up right there. Okay, just stand up. What do you need? What do you need? Your glands. Okay. What do you need? Esophagus, what do you need? Hip? Hearing? Cysts? Sir? Total health, okay. The thyroid, okay. Tremors? Depression, anxiety? Spine in your neck? Spine? 
pregnancy and blood clots and issues with that. Okay, y'all stretch your hands toward these people that are standing up. You're a part of this miracle. You, are, you have to cooperate, okay? And those of you standing up, lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands. Just receive from God. We release the miracles of God in these bodies right now. Every gland, every nerve, every cell, the hearing. Father, in the name of Jesus, pregnancy situations. Father, tremors have to go. Father, neck problems have to go. Father, every single one of these. Right now, God, you heard it. You heard it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, we were healed. Therefore, if we were healed, we are healed. I release miracles into every, every one of these bodies in Jesus' name. Miracles in Jesus' name. Miracles, healing, it's kind of, some of you are going to feel heat. Some of you are going to feel like it's washing. Something's washing. Some of you are going to feel like a, a strength. There's a, one of you is going to feel like a strengthening, a strengthening, a strengthening. It's like a solidness is coming into you right now, into your body. Oh, in the name of Jesus, say, thank you, Jesus. I receive total health and healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Let's give the Lord a big praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you need a financial miracle? Stand up if you need a financial miracle. You need a financial miracle. You need some finance. How many of you want your house paid off in full? You stand up. That would be a miracle. Wouldn't that be a miracle? How many of you want your house paid off completely? Completely paid. What could you do if your house was paid off? Hallelujah. Now, some of you need a financial miracle. You need a turnaround in your finances. And some of you just want to, you know, get to that place to where it's like, yes, this is where I want to do, you know, like your house paid off and stuff like that. Well, you know what? This, there are so many, there, we are on the verge of an outpouring like nobody has ever seen. Outpouring of finances is going to happen to the body of Christ like nobody has ever seen before. Okay? Y'all lift up your hands. The rest of you stretch your hands towards these. That's, you know, Credit cards paid off in full. Maybe you're sitting down and your credit cards need to be paid off in full. You can join us. Uh, college paid in full. College paid in full. That's a big deal, man. It's, uh, you know, school loans and stuff like that. You want your college paid in full or private school or whatever paid in full. Yeah, you, you need to be in on this. We just release it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release financial miracles all over this room. Father, in the name of Jesus, supernatural, God, supernatural. And Lord, you show us where to go. Show us what to do. Show us how to do it. And we'll cooperate with it. We're available to it. Father, we're in on it. In the name of Jesus, we're part of it. So everyone say this. Everyone in the room, say this. I receive financial miracles into my hands in the name of Jesus. All my debts paid. All my bills paid. All my houses paid. And in Jesus' name, I receive the blessing of the Lord that makes me rich and adds no sorrow with it. In Jesus' name. Now give the Lord a big shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, you got it. Say, I've got it. Say, I've got it. Okay, now, so you know what I've just done? I've created a miracle expectation in you. You're going to be, you're going to be like going around listening, listening for your debt freedom. You're going to be going around listening for your financial advancement. You're going to, all of a sudden, you're tuning in to what God's saying and what God's doing. 
I mean, you come to church, you, you volunteer, you give in the, you, you do all the things like Peter, he gave his boat and he stood there and he assisted Jesus. You, you have given and it is given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall men give into your bosom? And so we activate that. All right. Uh, last one, and we'll wrap it up with this. And I'll turn it back over to Pastor Mark. You've been dealing with emotional things, uh, emotional issues, and and just em- emotions. You know, it just maybe up and down. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's uh, being overwhelmed. You know, I mean, it's like Peter was overwhelmed. Yeah, I'm sure he had some anxiety about this. It's like. Oh my gosh, what do I do with this guy, you know? Because Jesus got in his boat, man. There's no turning back now, you know? And, and maybe there's some things that have been overwhelming to you. God wants to reboot you. He wants to reset your, your emotions. If that's you, stand up. Stand up, if that's you. You've been just dealing, struggling with some of that, okay? This is huge. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Well, we've taken care of that, financial issues, and to heal the brokenhearted. That's the second thing he mentioned that he came to do. He's going to heal your broken heart. Lift up your hands. Y'all stretch your hands toward these. Father, in the name of Jesus, emotional issues, fears, anxieties have to go right now. Spirit of anxiety, you leave in the name of Jesus. You have no right. You have no authority. You have no place in these believers, in the name of Jesus, we release faith, we release uh, courage, we release strength, emotional strength, in the name of Jesus, pouring into our brothers and sisters. Devil, we say no. You can't touch them. You can't, in Jesus' name. Leave them alone. Quit lying to them. Devil, shut up, in the name of Jesus. Your lies are not going to work in their lives anymore, in the name of Jesus. Everyone say, I receive emotional healing. My heart is healed. My emotions are healed. I receive it now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I release the anointing, the revival, the miracles that you have for this church. Father, the the anointing, the healing, the revival that you have. Father, for pastors Mark and Ashley. Father, in Jesus' name, as they lead this wonderful group of people into revival for this town. Father, this town is ripe. It's ripe. It's ripe unto harvest. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we release the anointings. We release the supernatural. We release the miracles. Father, a series of miracles, miracle after miracle after miracle, to bring to pass your will in this place. Healing and, Father, deliverance and freedom. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. Everyone say, thank you, Jesus. Everyone say, I receive my miracles, my miracle flow in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love you guys so much. Pastor Mark, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Thank you guys so much for having us. We just love it. We're going to be praying for you for this revival that's breaking out. Amen. Yes. Yes. Worship team, if you come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you receive that today? Miracles are a reality to God. I heard one person say one time, miracles are normal to God. That's just how he operates. What we call a miracle, he just calls normal. That's where God lives. And so it's not trying to get God convinced to move on your problem. It's to convince yourself that God can and will move. Pastor Marcus, you know, our worship pastor from St. Augustine, he says, your problems don't get God's attention. It's our faith that gets God's attention. 
And when we move ourselves to a position to believe him, to operate on our behalf, guys, if you can't believe in the miraculous, you're believing in a Jesus that's directly contrary to what the Bible shows us he is. He lived in the miraculous day to day. Things that were beyond what we could believe, what people could fathom, what people could understand. And then it came to be a point where even Peter himself later on in his ministry began to produce miracles out of his own life. A man that was once just assisting Jesus. The question that came up while you were ministering was why would Jesus get in my boat? Why would Jesus want to get in my boat? What's attracting Jesus to get in to my, am I I just living with fear? Am I just living, uh, you know, with with, with just a low self-esteem, self-worth, insecurity, struggles? What would attract Jesus, Jesus himself to get into my boat? I want him to use my boat. And Peter didn't have it all together. We know that even after Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus had to go and approach Peter ask him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Peter was writing himself off even at that point. Denied Jesus three times. What Jesus saw in Peter wasn't necessarily ability, but it was availability. I wrote down the three things. He didn't have the mindset. He didn't have the expectation, but he had the cooperation and the availability. I wonder what God could do with us today if we just simply started with the step of, I'll be available. I may not understand it. I may not be able to comprehend it. I may not see how it's possible, but I'll just be available. And then whatever you tell me to do, I will cooperate and participate. If you tell me to give, I'll give. You tell me to sow, I'll sow. You tell me to love, I'll love. Whatever direction you give, I want to assist Jesus with what he's trying to accomplish. And then from there, expectation rises. Then God begins to do things that you know only he had a hand in doing. Then we can start to be used by him. What a powerful word. I want miracles to be a daily lifestyle for me. Anybody else with me? Anybody with me? Not every hand goes up and you may need to listen to this message a few more times. You may need to go through this passage a few more times, but we're talking about a haul of fish that is not normal. We're talking about a haul of fish that is not even capable. I could just imagine, uh, uh, Peter said, I will let down my net at your word. That's, that's what he said. I can just look under the water and see all the fish beginning to move. I mean, from all over the Sea of Galilee, came to one spot and began to jump into that one net. And that was huge. I don't want to put down a net when he says to put down nets. I want to put them down all over the place. I want to start asking my friends, you got any nets you want to bring? Because we're getting ready to get a haul. I'm going to need as much help as I can get. I need to increase my capacity. I need to increase my, 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 my influence. Because anytime a miracle comes, increase follows. That's what, I, that's what I'm seeing. When the miracle happens, it's not for you. It's for other people around. Peter couldn't eat all that fish. That's not for him and just his business. How many employees is he going to be able to take on now? How many more people is he going to be able to to, uh, influence with his business and his company? Come on, we got to have a bigger 
picture, a bigger capacity, a bigger mindset. I do not want to minimize Jesus anymore. I don't want to minimize him. I'll put out more chairs. I'll go to more services. We'll lease and buy more buildings. We'll get more campuses. This thing is going to grow, increase. It cannot stop right here. It cannot stop with us. This stage is not big enough. This city is not big enough. This nation is not big enough. Get a bigger mindset. Get a bigger capacity. Enlarge your tents. Bring in more nets. Because there's something he wants to do. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaith.austin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church Podcast.